0: Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the What Did He Said podcast. I'm your host, Chingo Blingo with the Big Tamarindo. Shout out to my co-host. Marisol. Rob GTV. And today we have a special guest, man. You know, he had to go do all the Larry King shit first. (sighs) You know, get the Will Smith shout outs out the way. (laughs) And then come fuck with, you know... Hit the hood one time, man. <laughs> fresh off of Netflix. It's called Vagabond. Go watch
2: it. Give it up for the homie Mo Ammer. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, man. I hit up the hood all the time. I just go buy my weed and get the hell out. Usually what happens. <laughs> Zip off. Zip off. Yeah, this one is my One purpose hood. only. I mean, one of my hoods. That's yeah. One. Oh, yeah? Spent so, a lot of time out uh-huh. there for sure. PABA, Progressive Amateur Boxing Association, oh, on, okay. um, on Elgin and Dowling. I believe um, Dowling now is Emancipation. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Got changed. yeah. It's no more General Dowling. It's no, no more Confederate. what no. they it. No, seriously. Yeah.
3: That's why they changed it all. It's it makes crazy. Sense. That
2: park is insane. You know why people are coming. Mm oh yeah we going
1: it's like it's you like, could tell that's the first thing to get gentrified now, you yeah. want to hear a
3: funny story the other day I was walking my baby and I come back and I, um, I told Chingo I said oh my god I saw a white lady walking her baby and her bob I said I bob think stroller. a bob stroller I said I think oh it's god. happening I said white people are finally coming in they're for real they're they've serious they've been
2: coming in they've been in right in the like in, right in, urban urban yeah. lofts they put them right across the street yeah. from like crack houses or homeless. Like, yeah, that was yeah, like camp. 8 years ago Oh, that More. was our
3: purpose of, of, of buying More, out here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Solid, solid, like, to solid. me, it's like, <laughs> as an
2: investor, it's yeah. like, it's not changing fast <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah. I want to see some progress. I'm sure this me. is the same pitch a real estate agent had. Yeah. Like, well, Chingo, this yeah. is what you want to do in this area. It's yeah. actually the museum <laughs> district now. It's expanding. Like They
1: call Fifth Ward North Edo, uh, North Edo, right? North is East of new? downtown. Yes, or North that's, east. A, so, that's th-
3: the real estate how they're marketing Second
1: Ward cuz see I know you have been moving around so I don't know if you on 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 uh up to date with how they rename and shit like mm-hmm. Second Ward is Edo which mm-hmm. is East of downtown
3: and now there's Edo Edge mm-hmm. which
1: is Denver Harbor I right of Sounds right. very New Yorkish yeah you know yeah. like Soho So, so good I wanted to ask you about New York because I noticed on your the credits on your thank yous you shouted out the comedy seller mm-hmm. um did you do like a, uh, did you move out there? Did you do some work out there?
2: So yeah, this is like a question that I've been um, toiling with for the last, or answering improperly. I don't know how to answer it the last three, four years of my life. You know, I've been doing stand-up 20 years, and you know, I started out at the Comedy Showcase, and Laugh Stop was the first place I did stand-up in, and well, in a comedy club. I started when I actually technically was like 14, and what? in high school yeah, at a leaf hastings high school like my teacher's the one who got me to do stand-up so oh, i stopped skipping class oh in front of the class like jokes yeah i was skipping like crazy my dad died and i just started skipping i just like whatever you know i was selling like selling like fake rolexes and i was making a decent oh so that's real se- so oh, that's that joke real. is real it's like, very very real and he, sorry, became,
1: he became the rolex connect to the, to the hood
2: <laughs> I, I was like i i was like the guy hey do you know somebody you know because arabs we just like know everybody. Yeah, Yeah. we know everybody on Harwin. You know, that was like the thing. You know, this is the first, you know, I've seen my dad uh, before he passed away. When he came here, he was just like, you know, introducing me to all these wholesale people. And then his friends just took me in after he passed away and gave me jobs. And I just, uh, that's what I did, you know. So my teacher. That's a big part of the culture, right? Like that merchant Trade. Yeah, I mean, entrepreneurial spirit. I would say, for sure, you know? very much like we are entrepreneurially blooded. Yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. even yeah. a word. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's what I did, man. I was I, I started skipping like crazy, and my English teacher gave me a shot, man. She's like, You "Don't you want to be a comedian? You can't be failing high school." It was like, "Yeah, it'd be devastating, actually." And she was like, "How would your father feel?" I was like, "Oh, right to the corazón, yeah. like, <laughs> like, like you know, he just died two months ago. Damn. Why are you saying this? You know what I mean?" Wow. Like so, and then she let me do stand-up and stop uh, stop skipping and she changed my life
3: oh wow. that's dope yeah that's I would like awesome story
2: I would get out of other classes like throughout my years and I used to do st- I did three shows in one day for my Spanish teacher for an extra 20 points all what? for my grade because I could speak Spanish well enough how, how many
1: minutes you had back then
2: <laughs> I would just, I didn't have anything I would just put on a little uh jacket and uh I would go in front of the class and improv is Chris Farley you no know, fat guy in a little jacket, yes. and I would just roast Classic. the kids in class. That's all I would do, and then uh, I would write bad. some stuff here and there, and I would just do actual stand up. But all of it was riffing. It. All of uh, it was just like, yo, what do I want to talk about, and I would just start doing well, it early on. Dude, I got, I got, in, I met you uh,
1: through Juan Villarreal when I was starting in stand up. It was probably about four years ago. So I, you know, I still got my white belt. But imagine <laughs> what a blessing to start so young. Like anytime I meet, like. A, a, Few comedians who started like I was fifteen, like Jesús Sepúlveda, yeah. like I was fifteen years old, and I just knew. I'm always like, dang, yeah, it's,
2: crazy. I didn't like choose it; it was just just like happened. The know? game chose you. Well, you, it was just will. more like I believe in in God. You know, like, I'm a believer. Yeah. I believe in a higher power, um and I believe in um, just like just the energy and the way it moves and the way it's hit me throughout. I was born. I didn't create myself. I don't know where these things come from these instincts sure. come from but um i can tell you that when they're real and they're strong with me they've been right mm-hmm. so it's that was like a thing i saw <laughs> this is a taboo name to say now but in um in february of 91 i saw i went to my brother took me to the houston livestock show and rodeo and saw uh, the band alabama and cosby okay and that mm-hmm. was my first introduction to stand-up comedy and i knew right away i was like i want to be a comedian uh, I looked at my brother I was like I'm gonna be a comedian and he was like shut up dumbass yeah. I was like no for real you don't even know yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. like that's how, how it felt felt wow. super real and four years later I was doing it it was crazy I mean, not to the, you know, comedy club standard, but it was still like getting reps.
3: Did you kind of already know how you, how to write comedy, like structure wise? Did you understand it already?
2: I think it's just like, um, like a natural cadence Mm. that I had, just like, uh, things that I would pick up on and people would laugh on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the way I was saying things. It wasn't necessarily like, oh. This is going to be hilarious. It was just like, hey, this thought. Oh, I didn't know this line was a punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started learning that way. One thing I noticed, bro, in your special, which
1: we thoroughly enjoyed. Watched it again this morning just to, you know, finer, finer tooth comb, like, has some uh, notes and stuff, is how many accents you're able to pull off. Everything from, like, the ESL teacher to (laughs) the... The Japanese, oh, like you did. I wanted to, I just lost count. I was like, holy shit, like this is a big part of your arsenal. Like, from the Chinese, like, fuck question. Yeah, fuck like, question. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I almost
2: called the special fuck question. I almost oh, did. Damn. I almost did. Actually, Chappelle was telling me you should call it first question because he introduced me in the special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his, yeah. His voice, yeah. yeah, it's his voice, and he also came out and surprised the audience, which oh. is not in the special. Oh. It was cut out, but maybe at some point that footage will surface. But what he said was just like, like it made me cry afterwards. But it was oh. just like it was like a very. Very powerful moment for me, for sure. So he introduced you. He introduced me, yeah. He was side stage. And he actually, when they started chanting, they started chanting Mo, Mo, Mo in the beginning. So that was the second show. So Dave went on only for one of the shows. Uh So we were backstage and I was like, yo, um," as Dave was like, would you introduce me side stage? This is like 30 minutes before kickoff. He was like, yeah, man, whatever you want. Hell yeah. I was like, "Um, do you want to go on and surprise the audience? He's like, yeah, man, whatever you want. Did he do time? Yeah, so my manager, who used to be Day's manager, and they're very close friends, and he, uh, he said, they're like brothers, actually, and he goes, uh, why don't we split the difference? Why don't you just go the second show and just introduce on side stage the first show, and then the second show, you come on, you yeah. know, and surprise the audience. And so he told me he was going to do like a hype set, a, a, a comedian's equivalent to a hype set. So he went on stage and told him about our history, and he was like my baby's growing up you know that kind of yeah, shit yeah, he was yeah, like yeah, yeah. he was like saying you know we've done over 600 shows wow, together and wow. uh, i didn't even know we did that many shows i couldn't hear him when he said it but the conversation that was happening before he went on is like how can dave be on stage and introduce me off stage as well it's not possible so dave is talking to the director he goes uh stan lathan who's like who started deaf comedy jam he's like a legend and he goes, uh, he goes. he uh, Dave just telling Stan, he goes, listen, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I'll go on, and I'll say Mo Ammer at the end, of course, and then people are going to think that Mo's coming on. Mm-hmm. He says, don't let it sizzle. Mm-hmm. Let the crowd wait. Yeah, so I didn't know this conversation happened at all I have no idea I got like four hands on me you know like lint yeah, yeah, brushes yeah, yeah. Uh, sure yeah yeah checking the hair making sure that it's the same as the first show yeah. The yeah. clothing they're wiping the bottom of my shoe like, sweat I even back of your knees. sweating crazy like yeah it's so hot in there it's a hundred plus year old theater I was sweating in the storm you could see at the end of the special I was dying Who's was
1: hitting that tower every two ah.
2: <laughs> I was hitting that ooh a lot more than that bro I was yeah. pausing a lot so for editing purposes but they were all over me and Dave was out there talking and then he walks so I was just more amorous like okay i get in my queue i'm waiting there i'm like yo what's going on and dave tells him he goes wait like 30 seconds a minute just wait like a minute and then start the show at that whole Mm seminar yeah but i'm like freaking out i thought something was wrong because i don't know because the music came on nobody told the audio guy so it comes on and so people are like what's going yeah, yeah, yeah. People like scared a little bit, and then I was scared. Shit, I'm sure the people were scared too. And this guy's like, Oh, yeah, you heard murmuring, like a solid, you know, 20 30 seconds goes by. And then one guy goes, wow he's sick of waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this guy goes, Yeah, Mo! and then it starts a whole damn chant. Yeah, it speeds up, and I'm sitting there like, I, didn't my oh, yeah, yeah, I literally yeah. was yeah. crying, bro. Fuck, I was before yeah. the set. Cause my mom's out there, yes. and she killed me. Cause I walked out the first show, I looked out at her, and she's bawling. I was uh-huh. like, "Mom, I haven't even said hello. You killing me? I get emotional thinking about it." So that's Dave's doing. You know, he created uh-huh. that energy of in that crowd that second show, and people went crazy, bro. My my favorite moment. I t-
1: I texted you this is after you. You know the story about your mom, and they panned to her, and you're just like, "This is all for you, mom," and. Just from like a, a fellow immigrant, you know, yeah. not so much refugee on my part. You know, my, my parents found a way to finagle mm-hmm. the border. You know, shout out to Chapo's Tunnel. <laughs> yeah. but, uh,
2: shout out for sure, man. I'm addicted to that show, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I'm obsessed with I that. speak Spanish like I'm I'm being chased by the DEA. I like how they say "da" is DEA. DJ Gringitos son de la DEA. de la DEA. Exactamente, yeah. cabrona Gringitos. Socios, es so- negocios, es negocios. Yeah. A la verga.
1: Lo que va a pasar en el Gabacho es más peor. But dude, no, honestly, that was my favorite moment. It's like, ah, dude, like you're like it's all for you. And then just hearing all the shit y'all went through. Like, I, I even started Googling. Like, there was a part where it had to do with, like, Germany and stuff. I started, I Googled Germany and Palestine relations, and mm. then Israel and Germany came up. And I'm trying to, like, piece it together. Mm. And uh, just all the stuff y'all went through from, like, Saddam Hussein and, and the story about them. Fucking with y'all on the bus and your sister, and I was like, "Holy shit!" You know. That's Isn't the original. That, like
3: that story crazy. when original you went to came to your mom, though, I low key just got a knot in my throat, and I was like, yeah, "Okay, this is here. this is like a comedy special we're watching. Why do I have a knot in you'll my laugh, throat?" You know what I'm cry. saying? It was like, "Oh my god, gangster!"
2: She's a gangster. L- no, and that's gangster. Like gangster.
3: Seriously, like, like nobody can fuck with. No, like nobody. Give me a break. No, no, I
2: hear I hear women like complaining or guys complaining in their marriage about like, "Oh, you don't do this, don't do that." I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. You guys yeah. have a beautiful house together. Yeah. You have kids. You can go get any food delivered yeah. to you at any moment in yeah. time. You got Amazon Prime, bitch. Yeah. Shut yeah. the fuck up and be happy and be Genius, grateful.
3: though. Like, who thought of... Like, it was like...
2: She's a gay... Like, what she did, also, my father was, like, taking... before. So, my dad died young because he was... In my opinion, obviously I can't prove anything, but he was like in prison for like 50 days for no reason. They thought he was like a spy. They were just collecting Palestinians in Kuwait that stayed over there. And my dad was a little open, probably with his political opinion. That's like us saying fuck Trump, you know, or something uh, like that. Imagine just getting picked up because you just said that, you know. the whole idea of freedom of speech exists. Why people seek it out here in America. So my dad, which I didn't know, was being, you know. Like persecuted. Yeah, he was he was uh it wasn't good he was i, I found out in my like mid-20s when my attorney my immigration attorney handed me this paperwork and i was just going through it and i see pictures of my father you know with cigarettes put out on his leg oh. and stuff like that i was like wow i was wow. like this is just like killed me i was like oh this is what killed my father him being you know his not being treated the way he was losing everything overnight and having to endure such pain of course sure. all of my dad's friends like died young and what he was taking away, like, my mom, we don't know how she did it to this day, how she got him out. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. There was, like, some ransom involved, wow. and she did that. Like, she was by herself. It was her and my brother, because she got us out first, and she left my brother with her. And he had cousins, of course. They were all together. And at some point, they all got out and were in a building when the U.S. came in. I wasn't there for that part. But, um, But, man, she did that. Like, we don't know how. She got my dad. Like, this she met him? They let him go in her custody. She paid the thing, and they left. Crazy. I'm like, I don't know to this day, and God knows how many things that that she did that I don't, I'm not aware of. So she's a gangster, and she deserved she, man that dedication. When she,
3: you said like genius like cut the seams of the uh of the seams of the purse the, and put money, money belt. in there explain oh, what a money
2: belt. money belt yeah so i remember to this day i can't i'll never forget it. it's just a white band it was like the thing that you put around to support your back you know and mm. she cut them a certain way and then she folded them and then she like a just, stash spot yeah she just like sewed each you know each uh you know like a little square you know lines of them across the board and you put equal amounts of money and put it on as a strap, and then put layers of clothing over it and did it a certain way, I'm sure where you can't feel it if they pat you, but they weren't searching women anyway.
1: The crazy thing man is like like you were saying earlier about you know Americans, how spoiled we are we have access you could you could order some shit to your doorstep and yeah. and to not be grateful, you know it's like a reminder of like. You're lucky you don't have to make a money belt. You're lucky you don't know what the yeah. fuck a money belt is. And Access you to water. Bro. Yeah. The fact
2: that you can walk over and, sh- and just take a shower for like an hour. Yeah. And not care. You know, and just, and like, know that your money's
1: safe in the bank. That There's not going to be a, a well, For now. yeah. That, yeah. Was, that we know yeah. of. yeah. Until, yeah. You,
2: until you lose it all, bro. You'd have no fucking... Until idea. you lose it all, you're like, maybe I should have a stash of gold or something. <laughs> you know, until you lose it all. And that's what my mom was always like preached to me. And that's why I wanted to dedicate it to her because it was definitely her um, commitment. It was definitely her commitment and her um, determination to make sure her children are safe. And, and like uh, the and faith
1: and the spirituality part. Uh, I mean, you know, you could tell, man, like you were just super humble. You know, you're so grateful to the to the crowd. And, you know, and and like you say, your spirituality is a big part. I mean, I'm sure that's got to play just a big role in how you approach, you know, 20 years of comedy. And and you're just grateful for it it, it all happening. Like the Will Smith thing.
2: Yeah. Do you know Will, or how'd that come about? So um, that's a crazy story, too. So um, I'm in L.A., and I can't remember what we were doing. I think I was doing all this. Yeah, I was doing all this pre-special stuff. I was meeting with Netflix and stuff like that. And uh, Chappelle happened to be in town at the same time. And since I've like been opening for Dave for all these years, and obviously we just hang out. He's my boy, and mm-hmm. we're just hanging out. And he goes, "Hey man, I'm doing." He does a lot of pop-up shows. Mm-hmm. He, you know, it's kind of like amazing to just oh, I'm gonna do a show at six. Let's 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 announce the show at six p.m. Soda. Yeah, seconds later, it's gone. Right, it's crazy. But L.A. shows are very special because you don't know who's going to pop in. Everybody loves Dave. And I mean, like a wide spectrum of people do. So he goes, hey, man, why don't you come to the Peppermint Lounge? I was like, cool. We're going to have a good time. I was like, cool, cool. He's like, can you make it? I was like, yeah, yeah, I have a flight like at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm filming that Hulu show. And uh, right before I leave, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll come. I'll just change it to like a 1 a.m. flight. So I'll make the set and I'll just leave. Right. So I walk in. The Peppermint Club is small. Probably holds like 120 people. They're all stacked in there like sardines. You know, I couldn't even like look in there. You walk in right into the green room. It's like a little small, very small space. So I walk in, I was like, What's up, Dave? Look over to my right. What's up, man? Look over to my left, and I see Will Smith. <laughs> what the just fuck? Just nervous and nervous. That's the weird part, right? Will Smith why, is nervous? Yeah, why is he oh, nervous, wow. right? Just a little, not not super nervous, but just like you could tell, like he's just kind of jumping around a little bit. And he's just kind of feeling it. He's in his head.
3: Don't tell me he's trying to stand up.
2: So I yeah, he is. So I walk that's the story. Yeah. So I walk in, I look over my left and I was like, Holy shit, that's my dude, man. What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. I was like so excited on in the inside, but on the outside, I'm like, What's up, man? Good What's up, you, fresh Prince. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, bro? I'm a huge fan, you know what I mean? What's up, man? Good for you to join us. Why are you nervous? He's like, I don't do a set. I was like, what? what? And then Dave was like, Yeah, man, it's is part of his fiftieth birthday bucket list. Oh wow. You know, uh, he has a bucket list for his fiftieth birthday and he's doing it as a show and it's one of his things that he always wanted to do stand up with. Dave Chappelle. Wow. So he, apparently he's been working on this set for a hot minute, and he's gonna do it. I'm like, my God, this is an amazing night. Then John Mayer walks in. Like, what? You know, what is? about to ask you if you got yeah. to meet him. Oh, yeah, we've hung out. Oh, I don't man. wanna be, yeah, we've chilled at his house. I'm, pinch me, please. And then, so he, he comes in, I was like, what's up, John? I've seen him many times. I love John. He's amazing. He's My favorite. He's amaz- he's amaz- favorite amaz- human. He's amazing. That's amazing. He's idea. an incredible person. Everything you see is true. That's wow. the way he is, bro. It's, he lives that way. So then I was like, what's up, John? And then uh, John Stewart walks in. I'm like, wow. what's up, John? Wow. And, I, <laughs> and I did a tour with John and Dave here, actually. We were, we were doing Texas and done shows before together. And, and I met John at Radio City Music Hall when I, when I did shows with Dave. At John, Stewart? City. John Stewart? John okay. Stewart, yeah. So I met him. At Radio City Music Hall, when I was doing shows with Dave, Dave did like a sixteen show run at Radio City Music Hall in New York City, wow, and I did I six of those shows. And the first night was Chance, the rapper. John Stewart was the surprise guest. Uh, myself, Hannibal Burris, and Dave. Oh yeah, I've seen pictures on
1: Instagram. I've yeah. yeah.
2: Those, the, so then, so then we hear, I earned his respect that night. John was like loving me. We connected instantly, and then fast forward a year later. We're all in LA now. Crazy situation. Will Smith's right there. Then Michael Che walks in. My boy, then Michelle Wolf was there. And then my boy Donnell Rollins, who's really like my homeboy, homeboy. I love that guy so much. He's the, one of the realest in the game. Who else is there? Oh, Cat Williams. Oh, Williams. Oh, my there, God. Is, is, along with Will is, Smith and all these This is all everybody in this little ass. That's the audience. <laughs> yeah, that's, the no, that's who's in the green room, wow. bro. That's like who's. Everybody apparently is performing so Dave's like I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go up first So Dave I was like why are you going up first? I thought you know I thought, Yeah, yeah, I thought you always last bro. What are you doing? So he's like "Nah, I'm just gonna host the fuck around. I'm just having a good time. This is my night I can do whatever I want, you know, that's the whole thing. I'm just gonna go up cold So he goes up cold and then uh, and then John joins them and then he they, they decide on the spot They're gonna they're gonna co-host together oh. Dave will lead I'll be on guitar and they'll play together because they do a show together anyway called uh, um, uh, Control Danger. It's John Mayer, John Mayer, yeah. So then he goes, and then they're doing the lineup. I was like, damn, I got a one a.m. flight, man. Fuck this flight. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to leave now, bro. I gotta like, be, I can't just leave, can I? So I just had it and I booked another flight as a backup, you know, just to see what would happen and then uh and then dave goes um dave goes uh will's gonna go up i'm gonna i'm gonna go up and then Ashley barnhill went up she's a young comedian she went up did a little set and then and then the show like really just kicked off and then she uh, and then um what do you call it and uh, will smith goes on crowd goes bananas surprise bun everybody's a surprise right bananas oh, like grace losing their minds
3: the... so people who are in the audience they just randomly chose to go out that night just i have no well clue,
2: randomly, right? they, they think they're just getting dave Okay, they're getting dave Chappelle show that's what they're getting. That's what they're there for. They're got there for it. Dave. Okay. And the Dave experience, right? So they don't know who's back there, but they know there's definitely celebrities oh, back shit. there. Tupac. Oh, is Selena. Selena. <laughs> yo, yo Selena and <laughs> Tupac did a duet. <laughs> so it's crazy. Will goes on, smashes. Wow. He did his thing, huh? I mean, like, killed, bro. Wow. wow. Legit killed, punchlines. He had kill. he had like a
1: staff of writers stashed away <laughs> for like a year it in his basement. It is
2: what it is. He still <laughs> delivered, bro. It was crazy. He killed it. Then uh, then John goes on, and I'm back there like, who's going? I like I was just like, let me at him. I like to me, in my opinion, at that time, just my assessment. Forget about like feelings. Just take your feelings out of it, so you don't get like anxious. I was just like, this is this got to be the sweet spot. After all these guys, you're gonna go on, and then you're gonna just like make fun of the whole situation and kill. And then there was just like a point where they didn't know, I didn't know who's gonna go on. They still think I have to fly out. Somebody Donnell asked, Dino asked uh, Dave in front of Michael, and Michael told Chase when he told me this, he goes, uh, Who's on next? He's like, I'm gonna put Mo next. He's like, Well, if Mo's not ready, I'll go on. And Dave looked at him and goes, that nigga's Born Ready. I swear to God, bro. And I was just like, oh, I want... And that should be the name on, of your next special. nigga's Born Ready. And then <laughs> <laughs> he goes on stage, and he introduces me, and I have a phenomenal set. Will see, Will's at that point, sitting in the audience next to his wife, and uh, I believe his uh, manager and friend and his mother-in-law. I forgot who was all there with him. It was such a crazy oh, packed night. Cool. and that's And that's how that went down, and then had a just smash... Freestyle the first three minutes. I think that my opening line was like, man, you guys are getting such a great night. John Mayer, Dave Chappelle, Will Smith, John Stewart, and now DJ Khaled. You know yeah, I My mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so opening yeah, line, yeah. and it was just bananas. And then I did like seven minutes and I got the hell off stage. and. I changed my flight immediately and chose to go out in the morning and go right to set instead of, like, leave that night. So then um, it was just amazing, bro. Then everybody else went on, smashed, and, you know, Che to Wolf to Donald Rollins ripped the room. And then Cat Williams went on stage at the end and just murdered for, Mm -hmm. like, a solid 30 minutes. Just murdered. And then we had a jam session at the end where Cat Williams, like, freestyling and everything. And that was it. That was the night. And we that left. was it,
3: huh? Just that I was left. it. Epic. <laughs> that was, epic. oh my god, Fucking explosion going yeah. on <laughs> Pyrotechnics
1: everywhere. Yo, <laughs> so, so go, going back to the New York question. So as mm-hmm. a young Houston-based comic, yeah. what was your first uh, uh, like journey outside of the city? Like, all right, I'm going to go to LA. Or where did you go? To yeah, that? I
2: took a different strategy. So Danny Martinez, which I'm sure you know, he started the comedy showcase many years ago. He's my comedy mentor. Um, I left the laugh stop, went to the showcase, took me under his wing. He was like, look, you're going to be my, he told me this. He was like, you're going to be my last student. I see a lot of future in you, blah, blah, blah. If you listen to me, you're going to be very successful. But it's going to take 20 years. And he says, if you don't, if you don't listen to me, I don't want you to be a part of this. Don't waste my time.
4: Oh, wow.
2: And I was like, no, this is what I want. Yeah, 20 years, fine. Sign me up. You know, like I was just like in. So he was just like you need to go on the road earn your wings all that so my first ever tour um i was 18. had no business probably going on at that time danny had a long time friend and comedian dennis fowler dennis fowler was gonna go with him he canceled on him and i was like take me take me take me please take me take me i'm ready Ah, right i was born ready yeah it it wasn't for that trip bro that thing was next level we went we went all the i wasn't ready for these like Really shitty one nighters where you don't know what's gonna get, and you go on cold, and you have to control and command the audience out of the gate. I mean, I had good sets. One of the nights, like I killed, and the rest of them were just like work. Yeah, I worked yeah. hard, and then we were in. Ended up in South Dakota and some at the Ramada Inn at Stephanie's County Club. I'll never forget it. And the first show was good. It was a bunch of old people, but it was like good, and I did you know decently. Like, 25 minutes, I thought I was king. And, and uh, then uh, as an eighteen-year-old, yeah. Wow. And then, and then to so wait for the second show. Second show was all bikers, all bikers, and they were passing around. I'm not kidding, with women sitting on them, tattooed up as stereotypically as you can imagine. They're passing around, you know, the boxes for the old porn tapes. They're passing around <laughs> like freely. I'm just like while you're looking, performing, they're exchanging. Yeah, porno tapes. pre-show, during the show, they're exchanging. They're like trading them like baseball cards, wow. bro. And I go on stage, and I'm dying. Like, I'm dying badly, because I can't I can't help but think that these people might murder me in any moment in time. <laughs> like, I just, I die. And I forget everything. Forget my, I did like 10 minutes. And I forgot my set, and I got off stage. And Danny was like, ready, huh? 10 fucking minutes. Ready? I got to go up and do an hour 20 to fulfill this contract. I got it. Ooh. So Danny goes up, professional. Spanks it, or murders the room. I was like, yeah, I got a lot more work to do. But yeah, but shortly yeah, after I've never that, I got him. my shit together. I never met Danny. Yeah, he's great, man. A year later, I started touring, like for real touring. I had a solid oh, 30 minutes, dope. 40 minutes. I was already like, I was doing a lot of shitty one-nighters. You know, C.W. Kindle. If you're listening to this, fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh, booking every only to help you, help you own a map and a routing direction. That guy was like the worst person to ever worked for. Oh, shit. He, you would be with, like in West Texas in the Midlands, in, uh, in Odessa, Midland, Odessa, and he'd be like, uh, hey, Mo, you want to go uh, do Friday in uh, Midland, Odessa, and then Saturday in Muncie? I was like, Muncie, Muncie. Indiana, (laughs) it's like a $125 gig. I was like, do you know, it's like, I have to get off stage an hour before I get on stage to make that gig in time. Like what's wrong with you? So I hung up on him. I was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I did that for like six years. Jim Holder, like not just with him, but doing a lot of one nighters, some clubs here and there just earning my stripes. Some USO shows, some comedians were, you know, very awesome and took me on the road. It's, it's at the end of the special in the credits, actually, with uh, Olivia Arrington, Carolyn Picard. They took me out early on. I was like 19, 20 years old, and they took me out. Know, I did all those USO tours, like the MWR tours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just started to and Then I was like headlining pretty regularly when I was like twenty 24- fourteen. 24, yeah I was headlining comedy clubs around wow. the country and stuff like that and then I did that and then I joined a crew called Allah Made Me Funny they came out of nowhere what they asked me to join them and then we made a movie like in 2007 and that's how I met Chappelle he came out to our show and with his family and surprised our audience and then we became friends from there and then four years later yeah I happened to be in San Francisco with Azar Osman, another fellow member and co-founder of Allah Made Me Funny and he was like, Dave's in town. Was that a documentary? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I heard that. It was about like a documentary it. slash some stand up. It was like 30 minutes of stand up, some documentary footage. Okay. It was, I feel like, I, oh, I watched that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a baby. You know, you're almost yeah. embarrassed of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not. It was a huge uh, learning experience. It was like gaining a master's in comedy, or, mm. you know, I would say that. It was like to raise capital, to make a movie, to. Put it out in theaters independently to then tour the world we toured south africa australia and then went on to, we went on to like tour globally we did the apollo in london we did god we did like 25 cities plus throughout the uk i think 28 28 shows in like 30 days one stint was like the most hilarious tour and i wish we had it on film uh, i mean we had like a really great successful run of doing holland and throughout Scandinavia, and Australia, and South Africa. It was crazy, and so Dave always respected the fact that we were so indie, and we were able to tour the world. Like It's like, this is, we were touring mainstream audiences overseas before it was like a thing. Mm. It's just a thing now. It's just become a thing now. People for, like, co- for
1: American comics to go do mainstream overseas. Yeah, like
2: it's like a regular, for sure, like regular thing. Before it used to be a few guys that are either super famous Or guys that lived in those countries for X amount of time and built up their audience and created their fame in that country before, you know, all this popped off now, especially with the Netflix mania.
1: So that's one of the things that helped change it, you think, is, like, Netflix putting out
2: specials on people is what made it open up internationally? I think YouTube is the one that did that first, Mm -hmm. you know? Having the ability to even, like, For other countries to be able to see what stand up is, because stand up comedy is one of the indigenous art forms to America. So it's like hip hop, jazz, and stand up comedy. Now those hip hop and jazz already spread like wildfire throughout the world. Like I was in Lebanon and I saw graffiti of Biggie Smalls with a tarbouche, you know, traditional hat on top of it. I was like, this is in Lebanon, Beirut. So it's already spread. Yeah. So now you have stand up, which is has its history. People are familiar with the greats but don't really know the art form entirely and didn't have their own generation of comedians in those respective countries. Well, it's blowing up in Mexico. Mexico,
1: like Comedy Central set up shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix is putting out multiple specials on like uh, yeah. Carlos Vallarta, uh, Franco Escamilla. Mm-hmm. Only because like what you said, where it used to be all about like Polo, polo guys like Polo Polo, which was a, a different structure. It wasn't stand up. It mm-hmm. was more like storytelling and like jokes or something. Yeah. But um, this new American stand-up format, these these kids got on YouTube and f- translated or they speak English or they figured it out. Mm-hmm. But now they're like, de hecho, estaba aquí en mi, mi rancho. algo yeah. <laughs> sucedió? <laughs> you know? And, and so some of these guys, you can see them, and it's like, oh, this is the fucking Mexican Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah, that might be a bad still, one to say. <laughs> too, soon. <laughs> too, soon, too soon. No,
2: that's yeah, no, not too soon. That's fine. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. So uh-huh. I got a
1: question, piggybacking on the Houston thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any insights on, The Laugh Stop and what it was like for maybe fans of Chingo who don't know what the Laugh Stop was. I never,
2: I never had a chance to go check it out. It's the Laugh Stop is probably one of the most, probably one of the sore spots for me in Houston comedy. I think for a lot of comedians, it's like one of the most beautiful things and like the saddest thing that happened. So the Laugh Stop is an iconic venue that. Was in Houston and also in Austin, I believe. I'm not sure if they had any uh, other cities. But Bill Hicks is like very well known in that. Sam Kennison is known in that. The Texas Outlaws, you know, from Andy Huggins, uh, Jimmy Pineapple, uh, um, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, no, Mitch Hedberg was there. He was touring. This is pre, way pre. But mm-hmm. It was just like 80s, and then the rise in the like, the the kind of like the dull moments in the early or mid 90s, and then the rise of it in the late nineties and the, and the club would have like Mitch Hedberg Them, i the, the when I walked into that club, the headliners were like Mitch Hedberg, Dave Chappelle, uh, Louis CK, uh, oh. Joe Rogan, even back then, uh, my God, man, it goes on and on. Like every person that you love and like admired went through Dave Attell. Uh, God, it just keeps going, man. So there was like major class A comedians that were coming through there, packing the place out. It was it was just an incredible place. Unfortunately, the guy who ran it at the time, who I won't name, um, you know, was probably unsuited to mentor comedians, and probably should have, you know, uh, cared about the club a little bit more in its future. And and unfortunately, that made it all like topple down. And you know, he kind of didn't treat me that great. He was just like it was just I was 18 again. I was like 17 when I first walked in that place. I was eighteen. He was like, "You need to hang out here all the time." I was like, "Bro, I'm going on the road trying to be a better comedian." Like, you're I'll, like, "Bro, I'm in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just graduated. Number one, number two is like, I'm going on the road. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be upset with me that I, I hold it against you that you're working. That I'm working or trying to get better on the road. Like, what's wrong with you?" So I noticed immediately that he wasn't the the best, you know, route for me. And I noticed that um, a lot of guys would get stuck in that circle and trying to trying to, you know. Be at the laugh stop all the time rather than work on their craft and be on the road. So that's why I chose to hang out way more and be at the comedy showcase, which had juggernauts there as well come through, like Ralphie May, who came out of the comedy sh- uh, showcase and was mentored also by Dave, uh, by excuse me, Danny Martinez, and you know he's the one who gave him the spot, sh- the shot before when everybody wouldn't because he was so hmm. overweight they were concerned that what might happen to him on stage. You know he's Damn. much bigger than he was now or when he passed away so um so yeah so it was just like the laugh stop was like the spot and it's it's really iconic and it's uh, a lot of people have recorded their records there like, like Dane chook joe right? i think no, dane yeah. at the time was yeah dane was hitting it Joe's up like first crazy one. joe rogan's first one i mean my god man laugh stop i believe in austin uh bill hicks filmed his special there you know mm. like it's an iconic place And it's devastating to see it go from Houston. Now Mm -hmm. it's become like a corporatized, you know, with the improv. And I'm glad it at least exists so it gives, Mm -hmm. you know, a platform for comedians. But there's just this character that was so unique that it held such a unique place in stand-up. And it's history, man. It's fucked up that it's gone, man. Like Tommy Chong used to come through there. Like everybody, uh, Doug Stanhope. My God, Doug Stanhope, I think, shaved his balls on that stage <laughs> oh, like, wow. in front of a live audience. Like, that was pre cell phone footage, that's for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. That place was just like insane. And it was man. like a hangout as well. Pablo Francisco used to pop in there all the time. Like, it was just, it was definitely a big hangout. And uh, quite frankly, I kind of avoided that. You know, I kind of avoided that and I kept my eyes on the prize. Like, like I had to. I had to focus on being a better comedian, and I don't have. Don't get me wrong; I had a good time here and there, you know. Of course, I did, <laughs> but um but that wasn't like if he treated me a little bit better, if I felt more welcomed from the the guy. And then he left, you know. And Danny would tell me that all the time, man. Danny would be like, "Don't even sweat it, man. These guys don't last. Nobody, like these guys don't last." You tell me all the time, man. Focus. Keep your eyes forward. Stay in your lane, trust me. The real ones, they'll show you they'll show themselves to you and then they'll you know, they'll be real ones in your life. Other guys that are just like in it for the short term, trust me, they'll disappear. And he's right, man. So mm-hmm. many guys just like Well yeah, this is definitely a, a long term type of game. Oh, for sure. Like the, you know,
1: the commitment. Yeah, they say twenty not...
2: years for overnight success, but
1: Yeah, dude. I mean
2: Hey man, I gotta get it up to you, bro. You you popped it off, man. It's like I'm really, trying to finagle it. If you didn't finagle it, man. You did it with hard work, determination, and talent, man. It's like really
1: dope, man. Thank so uh, we're hitting uh, our, my fifth year this year coming up, 2019. We're excited about you know hitting all the markets and having the fans come out and you know just paying my dues, earning. My, I'm a white belt, you know, earning my stripes. You're not a white
2: belt. You're past the white belt, bro. I, earning my stripes. I, I got a couple a white stripes. Belt.
1: I, I got a white belt with a couple stripes on. No, no,
2: no. There's no such thing. I don't think doesn't even <laughs> exist, bro. What,
1: what's after white? So, move. okay, I'm a, maybe I'm a little teal. Blue Bell I have a question you, for yeah, you um,
3: wh- what did your when you told your mom I'm going to be a stand-up comedian what did she have to say to that was she, she supportive said, Canadian why do you want can- to be Canadian yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we came all the way to America <laughs> right? I was
2: like, what's the matter with you you get better rights here uh, no I mean she, she didn't even know what it was and um, she was definitely just concerned for my future just like any mom would She's sure. like what is this thing you can go tell fucking jokes you can make money on this like, what are you talking about mm-hmm. I was like well not right now you know it's going to take 15 20 like what are you talking about you you should always tell me like you can be successful doing something else and being close and she would try to bribe me because I was trying to get into like the stardome for instance in Birmingham Alabama and before I left she was like how much are they pay you and I lied I was like 300 she's like I paid five to stay she didn't even Damn. <laughs> I was like no and I was only getting a hundred bucks you know and then I had to like show it to her when I come back because I'm a kid like I'm a baby right so I'm just like coming back and I would stop at the casino to earn a couple of hundred bucks playing wow. poker oh wow you know and I wasn't even supposed to be in there I'd just walk in and just play poker and I'd wait till I went three hundred bucks and I would leave and I'd be like see mom I'm doing okay <laughs> she don't know I just drove 24 hours round trip and fucking stopped for three hours to try to make <laughs> three hundred bucks that's and crazy what if I lost? yeah it's crazy man so she was concerned for me and has every right to be like if my if I had a son today or a daughter today and she walked here she walks up to me he's like I want to be a comedian I'd be like oh, shit I don't know man you know this business is is the worst you know, and the best but it's the worst mm-hmm. so I would be really afraid for it too so it was it was tough yeah. but, but she the moment where it really turned you know there was a couple of things one being on like this huge Egyptian show with uh, with uh, Bassam Yusuf who's like the Egyptian John Stewart at the time before they ran him out of the country he had like 80 million viewers. And that was to her like, oh, you know. And then when she saw him at Radio City with Chance and John and Dave and Hannibal, she was just like, oh, my
1: God. Yeah, but that was like recent. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, wow. It took 20 years. Yeah, but for her like, to like ah, really grasp. I see. It, I see where you Like, you, you got to
2: imagine it. Like, my mom, she's seen me like in the smallest venues and clubs once or twice in her life. And then I just tell her, like, these things are happening. And then she just fast forward. And this kid's been telling you, his mother, for, like, 20 years, I have this vision, I have this vision. I know what's going to happen. I see it. And then she sees it. That's a big fucking... Like, she was, again, yeah. like, it was Radio City, 6,500 yeah. people. Like, I had to follow Chance, bro. I had to follow Chance right after, like, his Grammy wins and an hour set of just murder and energy and... You know, you know, problem closing with that. I'm like, what are you talking? Like, I got to follow that five minutes after I did 15 minutes up front. I got to come back in five minutes right after him, after a 10 minute intermission. People come oh, back. Oh, after the intermission, that's hard. Yeah. And that's, that's why I earned the respect to John that night of Stuart. That's when we became like, oh, this guy's a real one. I was like, oh, you are the real one. He you held know? it down. <laughs> you are the You know, <laughs> like it was one of those ni- That was the night that my mom was like, all right, I'm going to stop talking about this. Uh.
1: I want to give you props, man, for representing like, like your
2: culture and your style on stage with with what you were wearing like like can
1: you describe like the swoop was all that custom like the
2: yeah everything I designed all that so I designed the jacket I designed the uh, the shirts I wear the shirts that's designed so the the, the piece itself that's underneath there. Some people look at it and I'm like, Is that an apron? And we're yeah. Only white people. I'm like, Fuck Yeah, ass. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so my, and my nanny. nanny. And my nanny. nanny. <laughs> this morning. This morning. She's like, Ah,
1: pensaba que era So funny. So, so tell us. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, so I just started, like, you know, it's all about influencing society as you go you can't like it's like people are taking from my culture on a regular basis right so like hummus is like a thing they're just selling it in like tupperware yeah and uh bastardizing it and not even serving it properly and i'm like just furious miles as well so this checkered pattern it's from a kefaya it's a hatta, you know in arabic and it's each one, you've seen the red ones that they wear on their heads, and you've seen yeah, the yeah, yeah. black and white ones. And each one is designed for a particular tribe, an Arab tribe. They all come from Arab tribes. Like, Saudi Arabia is the tribe of Saud. Like, they are a tribe. Qatar, also a tribe. Uh, different, different, in different tribes. Different countries, different tribes. So they have different stripes, different lines on them, different movements on them. So I decided, you know, I like extended T-shirts. Yeah. I like them a lot. That's what I normally buy. I don't like no crack coming out when I bend over. I want yeah. long T shirts. And so I was like, oh, why don't I just add you know the, sw- the mm-hmm. yeah, the swoop and add it on there and I have different designs of them like I'm wearing today with the two triangles. But I wanted to make that. And then so yeah, I've been designing them, doing them for years. And that logo in the back just says Mo in Arabic. Okay, oh, yeah. that's what I was asking. <laughs> you saw your logo pop yeah, up, yeah. like production credits and everything. Yeah. Well, it just uh, says Mo in Arabic. That's all it is.
3: My mom went to my mom's favorite place to go is Lebanon, by the way. So oh, she yeah. goes, so she brought me back my nameplate in Arabic. And I said, Oh, I got to go get that tattooed. And I went and I got my name in Arabic tattooed. Did you really? Yeah, because of the the whole nameplate that I have. And every time I, I'm wearing it, or they look, they're so confused. You can like Yeah. I you can? can? Yeah. yeah. You can. yeah, yeah They're yeah. so confused. They're like, oh, okay, why are you okay, wearing that? Okay. Uh, you a speak Arabic? I'm I've like, No, a lot, yeah. It's, a lot of
2: people do that. I see a lot of women do that. I'm like, Oh, you're yeah. It's like, No, no, I just yeah, have it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom brought it back. She loves it. I mean she has all sorts I mean, you go to her and her hair salon and, yeah. and well, she also caters to a lot of the Muslim women. So mm. she's one oh, of okay. the that's why. Yeah, so yeah. um you know, to be able to wear the the, the the hijab. So um, she'll take them to the back and she'll cover it. So a lot of the Muslim that. men uh-huh. respect my mom for that. So they'll send, hey, go to this hair salon. Oh, they actually, she'll actually take private them in private, the and, private in the back and so she'll cut their hair, whatever oh, wow. they want, in the back. So my mom, a lot of her, Clients are. Your mom's a gangster yes. too. man. she's like, listen, we found an untapped market. <laughs> she's like the Harriet Tubman yeah, yeah. So
2: like, Porta she has a cabella. bunch of them. So it's like it,
3: they, these women always come to my mom, and I love it because it's like she's one of the That's few, dumb. and she's never. um What they always tell my mom is like, anywhere we go, they are always saying "No, we can't. We don't have a private area for you. Like, like we're not going to move our chairs just back. so that you can get a haircut." Well, my mom has always done it so that's, that's her clientele sick. is a lot of muslim women that's middle dumb. eastern women it's crazy yeah so my mom goes every few years with her one of her really good friends to lebanon that's her oh that's her God. spot yeah
2: your mom flipped that into like arab <laughs> vacations <laughs> yeah it's
3: hilarious yeah it is it's really hilarious because with the first amazing. time she went she calls and i hadn't heard from her and i was like oh my god
1: this is her one of her lebanon trips
3: one of her yeah. lebanon trips and i'm like i'm like telling my sister i'm like man have you heard from mom she's like no I was like me either i'm like man what's gonna happen she's like i don't know and so then she calls and i'm like oh i'm like well i'm glad you made it okay she's like yeah i'm good and i hear in the back poof, poof, like all this poof,
4: poof. Oh. And I'm
3: like, da, 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 da. <laughs> what is that? She goes, oh, they're just having a war on the other side. She goes, so the war, they're cool. fine. We're For fine. though? Yes. The war? Oh, my the war God. way down So there. I guess Israel Damn. or something because yeah, they they're shooting because my mom's friend is Christian. So the whole thing. So it I'm like. It has nothing
2: to do with the Christian thing. I think it, anyway, it's a longer conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think
3: she was like saying, oh, well, where Misha lives, it's the. the the Christian side. So she's like kind of trying to explain to me. I'm like, wait, so there's a war going on and you're just okay. She goes, Oh no, it's you're fine. You're on vacation. You're at a on war, vacation. Yeah. War zone? She's like, it's fine, I'm telling you. She's like, don't worry about it. She's like, we're good. She's I, like. Yeah. Yeah. I she's already like, know. yeah, She's like, fine. She had no problem with it. I'm all it's like sad, but she's right. Yeah. And I'm all calm. I said, Mom's in the area where they're having a <laughs> war. I'm like, I don't know
2: if she's okay. You cut to her, it's like <laughs> yeah, she's sitting there eating No, she's uh loving yeah. it
3: because um she's like all the food, just like, I can't ever sit up. She goes, I can't take it anymore. She's like, I'm just going to wear stretch pants. Just like every house we go to, you got to eat. She's like, her. you have to eat. She's no, no, like,
2: an ungodly amount of food. Yeah.
3: And it's like served, the entire table is served. So, yeah. yeah that's and, why we
2: laugh at Thanksgiving. We're yeah. like, this is every weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know? We make nine dishes every weekend. What are you talking exactly.
3: about? Every time uh, my mom goes, you want to go to Misha's house? I'm like, mm, nah, I'm not, I'm going to pass going on Misha's house. She's like, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, try it. Here, yeah. eat it. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm full. I'm good. No, no, no. You have to eat it. We, we still have the, and she's like, it's just food after food, and I'm just, food everywhere.
2: You familiar with the restaurant uh, Fatties?
3: Yeah, of course. You fuck yeah, with it? it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet you guys it. Wow. I do, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I like, I love Fatties. Fatties is on point, no doubt. I'm not gonna, not front, but there's this other spot too called Tahini Plus. Tahini Plus. Tahini Plus, bro. Son, Tahini Plus? <laughs> Yo, son! Man! <laughs> Where's that? That was what yeah. Mm, that's what side of town is on. It's right <laughs> off of I <I-10> ten and mm, <laughs> <that rich land laughs> exit. Mm, bro, mm. listen, Tahini Plus. I can't even. They've delivered to to the show that my mom actually. When 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 we did the shows, of course, when we did the shows in Sugarland with John and Dave, uh, I was like, Mom, I want to you know treat my friends and this and that. So my mom told me about it. She's like, Tahini Plus, I got you. She's like, Don't even worry about it. I was like, No, 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 I'll do. She's like, It's my gift. So she just like calls them up, bro. The Spread was on. Like, wow. I would look, I open it up, I was like, they're about to eat home. Like, they're about to eat, like, they're at my aunt's house, like, at mm. my mom's house. Like, it's just gonna be that Dude, kind where of food. Is this? Yeah. yeah, you have to look it up. I, I'm okay. not gonna lie, but it's all for i and something. <laughs> <laughs> Off of, mm. It's, mm, it's all for I-10 and mm, mm, mm. bro. Wow. Listen, the lamb get the mensaf, man. You're just like, if you like lamb and yogurt, bro, you're just gonna lose your mind. It's like the it to me. That's where That's the mountaintop in Houston. Fuck yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, We're
3: going oh, there. right oh. after this. We're going <laughs> there. Yeah, my mom's friend always says, though, that the, or what she says is, the buffet is cool, but when you order a la carte, that's the legit, 100%. like where the real food is. So, so she loves, she's the one that introduces to Fadi's, but she'll say, like, yeah, that's where we go, like, yeah, you know, it's almost like a. To get your fix. Yeah, to get your fix. She's yeah. like, but the real legit places where you actually have a menu and uh-huh. your. Like ordering la carte. Yeah I, yeah, I don't want to disrespect fatties now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want no beef. I'm just yeah.
2: saying they're on point too. They're almost on point. Everything's on point. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I also like Abdullah's man on Hillcroft and 59. Man, they always treated me right, and they they have like legit food. You can get that. It's not you get like specific meals that they Yeah. Want. and they rotate what they cook on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, excuse me. And they have a bakery in the back, and I used to always like because you know. All right, we just after the boxing gym, me and Ray would just smoke weed and just have a good time and um sorry Ray. And then we just uh, and we just drive around and then i would just we'd be driving by there and they start you know, they have the bakery, so I'd just pop in I'm like what's up guys <laughs> <laughs> and just get some fresh pita right off of the right out of the oven, you know? That's the spot. There's though, a place I'm also noticed.
3: on Eldridge called La Petite. I don't know why that's called that. But
2: listen, I'm not gonna yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Any place is like oh La Petite, Petit, yeah with right yeah. fresh, fresh high so of- fresh, fresh influence. No but I don't it, was one of the, it was <laughs> Well the French, you know, they were like they colonize yeah. Syria and uh and uh well definitely uh, Lebanon and then I've got all over the place. North Africa, Morocco and stuff so they speak French and they do that and so I could see like some Arab guy opened up a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like dude, just no. <laughs> yeah, please don't let your name. Monsieur something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, <laughs> Monsieur Halal. <laughs> I just I'm not gonna name anything after my conqueror. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Like, I'm not gonna do that, bro. Yeah. Yo, so
1: one thing I before we you know I can't forget to mention this. So you touch upon a lot of like a lot of Latin stuff and how you know what I'm saying like the how you look you could pass for Latin and shit Mm -hmm. like that the shit that got me is something that super relatable is the brisk wind thing the bells pause we were both like we were wondering <laughs> the same thing. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Uh, just go, tapate la boca. You go outside, tapate la boca. Yeah, it's my mom's like, everything. Like, make sure your, your face, your face your is going to yeah, get over. crooked. And as a kid, yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me that I'm going to go outside yeah. and it's going to be cold and now my face going to be crooked? I was like, that doesn't even sound scientific. And she's you're right, fucking yeah. joke about it. No, no, like hit right.
2: It. Hit it on the net. So it is true. Yeah. No, no, I had that
3: happen to me. It's Well, I know it is, but I just don't know. You know, sometimes it's embellished on stage. Every
2: single thing that I did in my special is 100% based off of truth. Real life. Okay. Like, I would say, like, the majority, no, every single thing in my special is based off of truth and with some punchlines, of course. Sure. But it's all like the my closing thing at the end, that was real. I had, like, I had, like, some ridiculous, like, nunchucks and long knives. I used to, like, practice and take uh, different martial arts and stuff, but I was like, this looks shady as shit. And I had a lot of weed, and I turned around, and the guy did it almost kill me. And that's what I said. I was like, "Cause the Lord and Savior Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just let the me go. He was story. like, he yeah, yeah. you know, like, that thing is true. The head Tower, the brisk wind thing did happen. Yeah. I, mean, I started feeling, like, weird the, the night before, but I had a tooth uh, a root canal done. So I was just like, oh, it's probably, like, lingering numbness. And the next day, I was like, who are you, be he he, you he, he, Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, that whole thing happened. I was freaking out. And it's true. And my mom was like, ah. You know, you're fine. Just put olive oil. And that's it. I'm just a greasy freak. Yeah, that's right. I was like, bro. No, it's 100%. 100%.
3: When I was growing up at uh, this man at church, same thing happened, right? It was cold. He had just showered. He went out. So he goes up to the front. He's giving his testimony. And I'm in the front. And I'm like listening and he's like, well, you know what, you know, we're praying for you. And they're like, you know, we're going to pray for him so that his face can go back to like normal. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the whole thing. And then when I turned around, I looked at my mom. She goes, like, like yeah, I told, you? yeah, yeah. Like, I told you, it really does happen. Yeah, exactly. She was like, Exhibit Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like, there you go. That's your living proof. It can really happen. But I still didn't believe it. Because it's like no one else says that. No one in any other culture have ever heard them say cover your mouth because your face is going to get cold. crooked. <clears throat> Have you? No,
2: know. no, I'm not sure. This is the first time I hear about it in, in uh, the Spanish. Body? Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like huge. It's, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. We're so similar. Yeah. I mean, we're so similar. I mean, Arabs were in Spain for 700 years and it's like, we're all like, cross each other yeah, like yeah. we do a cheek swab we'll find you find 23 and of me stuff. shit yeah, right. i will never do that bro I have my dna and shit oh, yeah? no i ain't doing that you i know where i come from son yeah. you I seriously paranoid
1: about that like they're gonna clone you
2: or something no the, i just don't want i just feel uncomfortable that they have like a little laboratory with my saliva sticking in it i just saw a minority report and i just freaks me out your That's dna's it. on a crime yeah. scene yeah whoops yeah i just i don't know man do you watch westworld no, I can't. I, right. I started watching it a little bit. All right. I'm actually, I have like a hiccup about watching HBO right now because I uh, passed on an HBO special when I did the Netflix thing. So I just, I just been watching a lot of Netflix. So, but <laughs> it's all good. Thing. Hey, Fair on the record,
1: you know, team Netflix. Shout out shout <laughs> out to team, HBO. Yeah, shout out HBO. I love them. For bro. future I love, you know, them. No, future I love them,
2: bro. I love HBO and, and, I, and I love both of these parties. like, I'm very happy about my decision. Don't get me wrong. Everything's going great, but... You know, it's just one of those things that I had to like separate myself from. I, I just to, can't watch Westworld. Yeah. I just can't watch Westworld. Game of Thrones? <laughs> but I, I, I watch the shit out of Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, I can't wait. I got Santa up. Claus on the Game of Thrones throne. Is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, it is? <laughs> Made out of candy canes. Bro, you're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're going to get back on. Yeah, I didn't know
1: that was candy canes. canes. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, we oh, haven't. Oh, yeah, we it haven't is. watched it's uh, much of it. so good. Yeah. So what is does entertainer like you watch? What do you consume the most?
2: Uh, man, I'm like a wide variety. I'd, I'll, I'll get into something, and I just uh, I soak it up, man. Like Narcos, I watch the hell out of all the Narcos, everything. All they're of the they're first, addicted to the, the, them. Yeah. The up? new one, the Mexico one? Of course. I've seen it multiple times. And then I watched the the not-so-good um, Univision El Chapo version, yeah, which yeah. is not bad, but it's not right. Like, wait, wait, wait. But I watched all the, of it, the three Nef-
1: seasons. The Netflix Univision. El Chapo, the one that's on Netflix? Yeah.
2: I like that one. I got um, I got hooked. I got hooked, man. I mean, it's not... The acting is not, like, my favorite, yeah, yeah, per yeah. se. Yeah. It's not about, like, Spanish. I love, actually, you know, watching a show that's all in Spanish, basically. Like, I, I, lo- I prefer it. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's very... It's real. So, but it's just, like, not that good. It's, but the story is what I'm attracted to. And to yeah. see, like, how the DEA basically just controlled how much drugs is allowed to be put in the space. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then when he was just like, okay, I'm opening up a place in Malaysia and we're going to start, a lab, you yeah. know, we're to start opening up a lab in Malaysia, Chapo said, and they were like, nah, nah, he can't do that. And he was like, fuck him, I'm doing it anyway. And then a day later, they're about to come after him, or they did come after him, and he was like, alright, I'll stop the lab. They're like, too late. You out, <laughs> bitch. I'm like, really? I mean, he's the most, con- you had him under control for that yeah. long? Like, That shit is wild. And is that, do you believe that, you know, don't get me started on this shit, but for real, like that tunnel, that tunnel that he got out of that prison, it's definitely inside job, right? Like the government, is that true, you think?
1: Well, there's theories, like the one where, okay, one theory is that the person who seems to be Chopper, who's putting on his shoes and going like in the shower area and then disappearing, supposedly that's like a body double that uh, that's like the inside job. Where it's like, He left another way like they escorted him out, but now they needed an excuse to show the world and the media like, oh, this is how he did it. So it's almost like the prison people in the Mexican government themselves to save face built a half ass tunnel that no one has has really gone through. Supposedly no one's really gone through it. They're like, yeah, it's completed, but it's dangerous. You might not want to go down there. Like I saw Vice on YouTube. It was a a vice study. And they were like,
2: yeah, we don't know if that's even where Chapo went through or not. So they just did it so he can disappear. Like, like the time. Look, me that. It's like actually like see? 25 feet Like, long. <laughs> you yeah. see Look, he's gone, bro. Yeah, he's short, he's chiquito, he All fits. of a sudden you yeah. hear a sneeze. <laughs> Shut up, chiquito. <laughs> <Jake. laughs> Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> Dude
1: coming out, have they left yet? That's
2: no. <laughs> so funny, bro. Yo,
1: have you taken any like acting coach classes, acting stuff? No.
2: no? Not since like high school. I did like... Um, So when I was doing stand-up in high school, my English teacher again, Sproderick, she took me to uh, theater arts. So like, I don't know, man, this kid's been coming in doing original material and doing different accents. I think he belongs here. And that was the only training that I had. Well, hey, I thought
1: you did. Because, I mean, obviously as a stand-up, as a performer, you're trained to have the commitment. You're trained on how to deliver certain lines. But even like a lot of like the face stuff and... You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, how how well defined your characters are. For somebody who's never done like formal acting classes, like no, it's like those twenty years were that was your schooling.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a hundred percent, man. I like I said, I said master's degree while I was doing Allah Made Me Funny. Like that's true, man. It was like a little big it was a next level experience of, you know, being the promoters and working with promoters and booking venues and then um having to sell those things out and then You know, having to perform in front of, you know, a thousand plus theaters requires a different flex of the muscle. And then, you know, and then Dave. Dave was just like getting your Ph.D. or something. Yeah, that was was it. Doing 600 shows plus with Dave is just like unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about like, you know, making sure that I never get nervous ever again. Like ever again. You work with Dave that long, bro. You it'll shake the shit out of the nervousness or you don't care. You're like, oh, okay, what's up, man? Good to see you. You just don't feel... Because you're in
1: weird situations with a lot of you people. Yeah, you get excited,
2: yeah, You because you don't know. Like, imagine Radio City, if I didn't have all that repetition in front of 60... Like, as I was walking out on stage, the stage director in two minutes, he was like, hey, man, instead of doing 20, you're going to do 15. As they're announcing my name, he's saying, do 15 instead of 20, and then come up after Chance. And do five minutes. This is all happening in front of John Stewart who's excited it's his first day out of like the house and being part of something, uh, other than the Daily Show, and he's seeing this comedian being talked to and saying, Edit your set to fifteen instead of twenty, and then you're gonna file chance and I'm walking out, more ever. you know. And he saw me execute in that level. Like you it requires a shit ton of repetition. And just focus, right? Yeah, and, that, and focus and to and to also know your material and time and mm. length and you know adjust and and switch and navigate while you're talking and your mom's in the audience and this and that and it's happening and mic techniques and everything else that comes with a lot of hours on stage
1: so do you have any rituals leading up to a show or period as an entertainer
2: no nah, i just pray i just do i say a little prayer to myself and then i go on stage that's it some very simple, you simple know. Man, that's fine. Simple, yeah. yeah. But powerful though. Yeah. I mean I'm in my head, I think, you know, sometimes I think I just sit there. Sometimes I I'm tired though. Sometimes I'm asleep and then I walk on stage right after, like in the green room, I'll be like as, literally asleep and then somebody be like, Hey, you're about to go on. You know, that happens too. So it's just like you just don't care. Like those situations that Dave puts you in are just like hard to follow. Because you you're mean? you're having
1: a hang and like you know, like acclimate High pressure situations, yeah.
2: yeah. So it's either just execute or and deliver, yeah, exactly. Like the Will Smith thing—that's nuts. You know, having John and Dave and then Will and then John Stewart and then all surprises, and then hey, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> they don't know me. Maybe a few people are familiar with me. Maybe the industry know me. People, you know, like I've created a name for myself within the comedy world, but for the most part. I don't know who I am, you know? Like, who's this guy coming afterwards? Yeah. us? You got to keep your, fun, just, balls in check. You're like, come on, man, you got to get it. So, you know, getting those repetitions with Dave and, um, and those years before that all tie into this moment now. You know, 100%. The time with Danny teaching me everything and teaching me from, like, mic technique and teach me about crowd work and certain tricks that you could do to get the crowd together and certain you know strategies that you can put in place and then implementing them and, and Chappelle's one who taught me like hey man you're only, you only you know you're a better pi- pilot the more hours you have on stage mm-hmm. excuse me on in you know in uh, the more flight hours you have the better pilot you are same thing as a comedian the more hours you have on stage the better comedian you are and that's been my passion and that's circling back to the comedy seller comedy seller has been so good to me man when I got in there, It was just like crazy. It was like 17 years in the making. You know, I had like an hour and a half of material, of fire, you know what I mean? So I got in there, it was just like, and I was doing, first week, they gave me like a set. And then the next week, it was like four sets. And then the third week, um, I swear to God, man, probably over 30 sets, you know? of that whole week like Friday and Saturday I was doing 10 sets a night which is like every single show that they have that night and and then like Sunday six and then Monday Tuesday a couple and then you're just like you just it was just crazy the amount of time that they would give me again that's because I was like so ready over baked so much material in the tank and then when I came in, I came in just guns blazing. Mm-hmm. And I got Represent right. for the H. Represent for the H, Where is motherfucker bro. from, bitch? Yeah. We've been yeah, telling, telling you. The H, A-Leaf, baby. Motherfucking <laughs> Bill Hicks tried to tell y'all. <laughs> Sam <laughs> Kinison tried to tell y'all. <laughs> Jesus So Christ. funny. Yeah, it was crazy. So I got in there. And then it was like the Rolling Stone thing. They put me on the Rolling Stones communities to watch. And then after that, I did Colbert. And that blew up. That did really well. And then Colbert... Um, Colbert, I just like was working hard on my hour from there and just continued to tour with Dave and then I was really close because uh, i just like in love with I just am a fan of HBO and their work and their history and then I went there and then Netflix was just like hey man, you know, you, they've seen me with Dave and they're just like oh my god, what's happening and then it was just based off of um, global distribution, you know it was like a 100% business decision and also, they love me there, and I love them too. And we had like all love between both parties, and that's how Netflix happened. And we're here, baby. So you were, were in New
1: York. So you were in New York for how long? Or
2: I mean, I've been in and out of New York for many years, but the seller in particular, probably the last last three, three and a half. So the last three and a half, you,
1: you've been putting in mm. work there at that. Yeah, particular. that's
2: that's been like, to me, that's like the holy grail of. It's the mecca of New York is the mecca of comedy to me. You know, you could not to be cliche, but you make it there, you could really make it anywhere. It's a tough room. You can go up in New York without the cellar. Forget about the cellar. You can go up in New York any given night. Probably like minimum five to ten times a night if you wanted to. If you were like hitting it, you could hit up more mics. Some of them might be shit, but some of them are gonna be dope. And there's so many shows from Brooklyn to Harlem to. My God, Lower East, you know, uh, Lower uh, Lower East Side to, um, man, there's just so many shows. In the village itself alone, there's so many damn shows. So you can go up all the time. So New York, to me, is where you do all the heavy lifting. You go on the road, smash, come back, rebuild, go on the road, smash, rebuild. You know, that's the, that's to me is like, and that's something I watch Dave do. Dave would just be like, New York, then the Bay Area, then LA, then back he would to the cruise door. on yeah he'd cruise on and fill it, fill up everything in between like literally everything in between the man like 1500 shows the man did in like 3 years
1: damn so uh i, I don't want to keep you too long no, so, no, it's cool. so let's go ahead and uh, you know, start to kind of like land a plane uh one, one thing i got to ask man is like what what is your process on developing new ideas from like oh that might be funny to like oh shit it's part of my hour
2: or it's a bit yeah uh, my process is not putting too much pressure on myself to think of something in the moment and just more be in the moment and let it come to you that's like you have to live yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Live, experience stuff, yeah man. experience shit you know if you're nervous about it go do it anyway. Go see what it's like. It's like if you, if I'm not the type of dude that can just sit in a room. I mean, I can, but that sounds miserable. Like in a vacuum. Like, imag- what if? Yeah, right. I what's read, the thing with coffee. What's right. that? What's that about? Yeah. You leave Seinfeld alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can do that all. Yeah. I feel like I can do that all day, bro. I feel like I can just be like, oh, just throw me something, and that's the way I work. So the way I operate is, I read a lot, I um, interact a lot, and just just constantly talking not with any agenda like oh i have this thing let me talk about this person at the coffee shop with it it just
1: your free. antenna is just open and receptive yeah i'm right?
2: open and and i'm always watching and then what i do is i don't know how it really works but it just gets buried in my subconscious and then i just go on stage with like the first idea of what i want to do and then all of a sudden everything that i've been like doing the last 3 weeks just comes up on stage like I'll forget about it. Oh, you literally go a, up
1: with like not like a loose script. You literally just kind of No go script up. basically,
2: but then I just go up. I have like the first thing I want to talk about uh-huh. and then I take it from there. And then usually you know, um, like if like I do it, it's like you're ripping
3: off of just thoughts, off your ideas that yeah, you kind of.
2: Yeah, yeah, So I know like the first thing I'm going to do, and then I'll have like one joke in my back pocket. Like, this will buy me some time because I just want to think about what I want to do next. Not really that, like, my heart's not even into it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, Muhammad Uber drivers. I've had so many Muhammad Uber drivers. Yeah, every, You know what I mean? Like, I, every time I find them, but I'm talking, but I'm thinking about, huh. Maybe I should talk about days, you know. Like yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah, 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 but yeah. it's just that's what's going on. That's usually my process. But I and then I and then it gets more and more organized as I go.
1: What's your ratio from like writing to just writing on stage? Um, Sounds like you do more on stage writing than probably actually probably
2: like a hundred percent on stage versus zero. Yeah, okay. basically, basically what I do is I just like write down the ideas, and then I and then I um, and then I just like organ try to organize them. And then, I, and then there's just like this massive notes page that I've developed. And then I just read that over like a month later. And then I'll take out the good stuff that I want to use. And then I'll just save the rest. But I'll just take out the good stuff. Then I'll put it on its own paper. And then I'll start dissecting that more. And then I'll think about it a lot. And I'll see it. And I'll think about it. And I'll see it. And then I'll get away from the paper. And then I'll just... Do it. That's it's all. That's
1: all the years of experience, man. That's yeah. mainly what. But it,
2: even when I first started, yes, it's true, hundred percent. But also when I first started, I would write like every, oh, this I'll do this and oh, this do that. Oh, say this and say that and then say that and that. And then I just be like, I got this. And I just, I just get tired of it. Like this is fucking boring. So it's more it like
3: too robotic points. for you too, like, yeah, to like routine If I'm writing scripts, script, I've
2: written scripts. Mm-hmm. I can write scripts. But that's a different, might not, I'm just like creating the characters sure. and writing it out, so it feels different. But performance, excuse me, performance is just like I take the idea and I play with it. And sometimes I'll just look at the audience for inspiration. Sometimes it would be like a really lit, you know, combination of people that i just ask the right questions at the right time. And then it just becomes boom, 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 and then it just becomes a set and it just molds that night. And then it's like oh my god you know people think that i wrote this but i didn't write it and then maybe like five minutes of that set i'll actually get to use on the next set most of it will just be like dump and do that so the more you write you know most of it is going to be crap you know the audience is going to feel like it's great but you're going to be like this is just whatever and then you just shift you sift through it Mm -hmm. and then you just keep the big nuggets and you take the nice gold chunks and you put them aside. And then you do it again. And then you take those and then you take the pieces. And you're like, I don't know how this is going to work together yet, but let's figure this out. And then you start thinking of the arch of the show, the arc of the show. And then you start understanding like where it's going to go and how you're going to take it. And then you just do it. That's my how process. How often
3: do you, um, I guess, rotate your material? So do you tour with it for. Six months, three months, or you know, yeah, so what do
2: you? I, the special that I just did, I've been touring that material for a hot minute. I've been working at you to death. Like the newest stuff on that material is the flag jokes. Oh, yeah. The yeah stuff yeah, about yeah, the yeah. flags was all yeah. brand new. Okay. And I'm writing a B side to that. For the next special, Got all it. the African okay. flags, the Spanish flag. I'm going in on because I went in on white people's colors. Now I'm going on the on red, the white, blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my,
1: He said, he said, a motherfucking uh, Australia flag, flag. straightening bitches out, and put some fifty stars, <laughs> pop, 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 <laughs> and then the another yeah. one's FaceTiming with the British flag. Yeah,
2: yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. that's my one. I'm, I'm sad I can't do that bit anymore. Like I, all that material is dead, obviously, to me. You know, yeah. I can just you could just visit on Netflix once while I'd be like, hey, how you doing, baby? Just rubbing <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was remember fun. me. That was fun, baby. And then you just gotta let it How go. How
3: long did you tour with that material? Oh, before years. you put it on years. Okay. Yeah, I
2: toured years with that. But there's like half of it, but maybe like twenty yeah, probably I don't know. I'm just throwing out arbitrary percentages. I don't know, like quarter of it was brand new. Mm. Like I wrote a few months before.
3: Sure. Okay.
2: And then I just go to the cellar and then do it fifty, sixty, seventy times, you know, before I did it. And then I did it with Dave and then I you know, in front of large audiences, and then I was like, Oh, this is dope the shitty part is like I did it one time because somebody was asking come on man do an audience in New York and I was like yeah I indulged because some of people a lot of people haven't seen the special yet at that time it just like came out and then I was doing the bit and then I started writing these new tags I was like pa pa pa." Like I'll never do this shit again, and I just, I just threw the mic. I was so mad. I just the new, put the mic the on new the new tags were
1: after you filmed.
2: Yeah, after I, I mean, like, I mean, it was just like ba 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 like because uh, that pressure's gone. I was so sick but no, it's because I didn't do it as long as all the other material. It's Not necessarily oh, the like pressure is that I did it so many times. Now it's just like oh, you know, like now I'm just this is if i saved it for another like you know 6 months oh, gotcha. it would have been like another 5 minutes long probably right so i just was like fuck this. y'all up. have any and final questions that's it bro this
1: i actually amazing.
3: have the so when you when you came here you were in ESL, right? Yep. So you didn't speak English or you did? I
2: did. know I spoke the, English. Man. The Queen's English. The Queen's English, yeah. Queen's English, yeah. Uh, Hello, darling. Yeah. Hello, love. And it'll be on all right, man. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so I heard you have an Arabic tattoo, eh? Right? Yeah,
3: yeah. I all right. I do right then, i do all right lovely <laughs> lovely
1: very yeah. lovely so so you were saying ESO? ESO yeah. Yeah, so yes yeah i spoke english yeah i did i
2: spoke english so, why so they i mean i spoke british english, english so i would just walk around and be like instead of asking for an eraser i'd ask my teacher for a rubber <laughs> and she lost her mind she's like no <laughs> you can't do that and then uh we moved into like the worst neighborhood like it's true i'm the special like nobody did any fucking research we're on cook road and um and uh, Belair. Like between between A Leaf Claudia and Belair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used to walk to school to A Leaf Yeah, Bell I'm school. not walking around that round that no, motherfucker. No. Bro, I used to walk I used to walk to school there. like they threw this dude, I'll never forget him. He's probably in prison, I'm certain of it. But like Halloween, I was like ten I was yeah, eleven. He was like throwing bricks at moving cars. Like this is this is Halloween. I remember running in my mom's house running back into the house. Just <sighs> my mom's like, What happened? It's like Oh, it's just, you know, I was tired and we were racing back. A- <laughs> I got like one pinch of candy in the entire plastic bag. Like, you know? hops, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, this adrenaline. is an awful neighborhood. This is the worst. So it was just like uh I, I, I stuck out and there's and there's a, I met this kid and he was like one of my friends in the neighborhood and his mom super hot. You know, I remember her just being beautiful, right? I was a little kid though, I'm a baby. So I, I, uh, <laughs> I opened the door. I'm so innocent at the time, where Kuwait was just like so innocent. You know, they, they don't have any like Playboy magazines, don't have anything like that. They don't yeah. have nothing, right? So the innocence was preserved for a really long time. So, and I was like, what do you do? You know, asking his mom. <laughs> and she goes, uh, she goes, I'm a dancer. And I was like, oh, like a ballerina? Uh, <laughs> and she smiled. She goes, yeah, like a ballerina. And I was like, oh, cool. You're a ballerina. Right. And I was like, where's your ballerina outfit? She was like, oh, it's all inside. In I was like, okay. It's in my whole bag. Yeah. But <laughs> I said it with, with a British accent. She was like, what's your, your ballerina? You know, I'm like, this cute little kid. So then months go by, and I uh, heard they got a new. Uh, pet and uh, and, uh, look his name is Robert actually so I go back to his house, uh, his apartment I'm excited to see his pet and his mom answers the door and I was like I heard you got a new pussy. Can I please check? <laughs> <Can> I please- <laughs> and may I borrow a rubber? I'm serious. Exactly. I swear, bro. I was like, pussy. can I play with your pussy? <laughs> Just like that. I don't know anything, right? So she thinks that I probably figured out she's a stripper. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was being a little Valerina asshole kid. with a nice pussy. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and she smashed the door in my face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I, like, and I was like, oh, my God. Why she don't want me to pet her pussy oh and, my God. I, and I just left bro I left and I went to my oh mom my I was like crying I was like she closed the door on my face and then my brother comes in and he was just like what happened and I was like oh man I lost my friend you know like he's my only friend in the neighborhood like he was a good kid and and uh, his mom shut the door I like, why did she shut the door I was like I don't know I just they got a new pet pussy and I wanted to pet the pussy and, and he was like no that's not <laughs> oh, what you call kids here we don't call them pussy you call them cats, cats, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know what's a what's a pussy." And he was like, "Just oh, what girls man. have." You know? yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, we I just play- got
1: to, we just got to end it on that." Oh, yeah, 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 that's that's it. It. No higher, no. That's
2: it. Don't ask your friends' moms to play with their pussy.
1: Vagabond on Netflix right now. Represent Houston, fucking Texas, man. Like I said, the man had to go do Larry King, get that shit out the way. You know, do the little Will Smith. You know, shout out Dave Chappelle. But welcome to the motherfucking. What did he say? Thank you, man. It's a huge Thank honor to have you, me, bro. Man. We enjoyed your special. Thank you for having me, bro. Can't Why wait you? to see what you have up your sleeve. What the fuck you putting out next? <laughs> Thank you, man. you have our support. It's but toda la raza que está watchando aquí. Este way si es camarada. Es el pinche doppelganger de Hector way. He's not a chain. The way he's from, he's not a chain. He does a little dance move like that, vagabond. Mo Hammer. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. Man, appreciate thank you for man. having me. Yeah. appreciate
2: what you do, man. i supportive of what you do, bro. It's amazing you put Houston on the map, too, man. It's thank incredible, man. bro. Everybody's sure. contributions to the Houston scene. I saw you
1: thanked uh, like Willie D and Trey and Bun. Yeah, they came out to the show. Awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, Bun yeah, couldn't make like... it because his wife, Queen, had a knee surgery, uh, had like an emergency knee surgery. Next day. And you know, initially I was like... Is he throwing that out there Like a thing And then I saw a picture the Of her having a knee brace on yeah, brace, yeah. I was like I know he wouldn't do that This yeah. <laughs> is the devil Playing with me man No that's they not, came out it was, that's it was awesome dope Yeah Trey's from it. the southwest yeah. That's awesome Yeah yeah man. of course Trey, Again Willie Yeah congratulations yeah. Thank man Thank you man Links will be in the show notes Thank you too. for having. Yes thank for you, for you listeners, for in the show. podcast show notes Yeah Thank y'all
1: for tuning in Peace Peace